Hookers. We like hookers over here. We like we like uh, hookers over here. <laughs> he's balling right now for Tennessee. He's got this team undefeated. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Bitch Mob ENT Podcast. We are on all streaming platforms. Make sure you follow, subscribe, like. You already know what you're getting into when you turn into the bench mob. We got a lot of jam packed for you today. We're going to talk about week six and week seven. Obviously, we're going to talk about the week eight pick them. We're going to talk about the first week of the NBA and what we saw from that. We're going to talk about baseball. We are in the World Series right now. We're going to touch on a whole lot of stuff for y'all. But before we get into it, we're going to do our intro. CJ, Cincinnati's very own in the building. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. I was with my people this weekend. You know what I'm saying? I was I was down in Cincy. I had my face painted, like Greg said. Nah, it's like, but I felt at home, man. It felt good to be back. Haven't been back in a few years, but I brought a win to Cincinnati, as I like to say. Bengals got that big dub, so feeling good, feeling real good. My smooth operator, Jets, Davenport, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, clearly, you know. I don't need to show my face right now. We good. We good. We rocking with the Jets. Five and two. Chris, any thoughts? Hey, congrats. It ain't going to last for long with that quarterback play y'all got going on right now. We still winning. Our defense is top three. You talking to me like we not winning. So I don't get that. Y'all scraping by. It's cool. Scraping by? We... If anything, y'all are scraping by putting these 17, 13 point together wins. We got injuries. What's Here we go. Here we go. You got you got a Pro Bowl team over there. And y'all, y'all and we, we putting the we putting beatings on teams these past two weeks. All right. We we do beat the Falcons. Well, okay. And that ain't, that ain't the Super Bowl Falcons either. That's you know, Mariota Falcons. That's fine. You beat you like you said, you beat who's in front of you, right? Why? <laughs> Greg, Mr. Hot Takes the base. Your mother sends me. How you doing tonight? I'm feeling, feeling good. Living great, bro. Feeling good, living great. You know, hey, the Giants are six and one. They don't get no better. They don't get no better. They gotta go play superstar Geno this next weekend. But I got confidence in my team. But it, we, we, we don't. It don't get no better than this. Six and one, bro. It's crazy because like for the first time in a long time, it's nothing nobody can really say to me. It's nothing anybody can really say to me out here. Like, it's, it's really quiet. It's quiet. That's crazy. That's crazy, bro. I'm about to cook up Chris in football this weekend. I'm about to go eat some good soul food after at this spot, man. Come on now. Life's good. I'm eating no soul food, and you're not you're definitely not cooking me up. You know, see this, that spot's definitely – is that why I soul food, by the way? We're huh? we talking, we talking about some other stuff off the, on the podcast. <laughs> is that spot not soul food? I don't understand. I think it is, No. Where Miles ain't confirmed yet. Miles ain't confirmed his attendance yet. You didn't even tell me what spot it is. I oh. said, oh, did you I don't, he, don't, he don't even read the messages. That's why I said this about everybody. I did. It's, we'll in, the, it's, in, the IG, it's in the IG group chat. We'll talk after this. We'll talk after. We'll talk after. It's fine. Of course, you already know the vibes. I'm your host, Mr. Still Not Worried is in the building. I don't have a football team, so I'm great. I'm doing good. <laughs> Fall <laughs> is a reminder. That change is beautiful. Change needs to happen with the Yankees after being swept by the Astros. Houston has eliminated the Yankees four times in the past eight 
seasons. When it comes to the Yankees, what changes do you think could be made for them to actually have postseason success? Well, we need a new GM. They need to stop letting this guy ride off of, you know, Mariano and Jeter and all those championships they won when he first got there. Because if you think about it, they hired him after another GM had already built the thing. So it's not like he built the Yankees into what they were in the 90s, early 2000s. Like, really, if you think about it, he's only scraping by by that one championship in 2009. And it's been 13 years since we've had a championship and Boone, Aaron Boone. He's, he's one of those guys that we can't let him get off the hook. Like he has a great record with the team, but you should, like, if you look at the team as constructed, there's no way this team should be struggling in the playoffs the way it is. So I think it's a managerial thing, you know, in the playoffs, he had a lot of bad coaching decisions, whether it's pitching or, you know, changing the lineup every, every day. Like, I don't think we had the same lineup two days in a row in the playoffs because he's simply just winging it. It's like Will Ferrell's running this team or something. I don't, I don't understand because he's clueless. So I think even though they gave him, gave him an extension before this year, that still blows my mind. They should fire him and bring someone else in. Like, it's funny because Buck Showalter was on the Yes Network last year and they had a better manager on the post game than they did during the real game. So it's like, it doesn't make any sense to me why they've shown so much incompetence, but I think all this stems back to, you know, once George Steinbrenner died, the Yankees in a sense died too. Cause then that, that feeling of we can pay, pay guys, you know, all the stars that you want to have, we can get them because we got all the money you need. But they'd rather save money, charge more for tickets, and keep that money in their pockets. So I don't know. They got to bring Judge back. That's the main thing. And then start from scratch from there. Like, you got to clean house. Josh Donaldson's got to go. The shortstop's got to go. IKF should stand for I can't field because he sucks out there. I, I hate the guy. Aaron Hicks, one of the worst players on the team. Who else? I could just keep going down the whole roster. You got to, if you had it on a, a scrolling timeline right here, I'd tell you cut. Next player, cut. There's a lot of guys on this team that shouldn't even be here. Like the building blocks are Judge, Cole, Bader, and some of the young guys. But like then you look down the, down the shore in Philly, and they got Bryce Harper somebody who we could have signed as a free agent, somebody who wanted to be here. Manny Machado, he wanted to be here. I don't know. This is one of those things where it's so frustrating as a Yankees fan because this team should be so much further along. Like that young, the baby bombers from 2017, that feels like 20 years ago. And that was supposed to be the building block for this team for the next 10, 15 years. And Judge is probably the only one out of that group that is a building block. So... I don't know. I just had to vent. That was a rough series. It was hard to watch. I hate the Astros with every ounce of me. Like at this point, I hate them more than the Red Sox. And that's like our arrival. But they suck. So they're not even in our league anymore. But 
All right. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I got that <laughs> off. We got the Yankees. The Yankees vent off right there. Pretty much everything he said was facts. I don't think anybody could disagree with any of that. When we look at the World Series, Astros-Phillies, Dusty Baker has led five teams to the World Series in the last 25 years, but never actually won. Who do y'all have winning this series, Phillies and Astros? Astros to me. I want the Phillies. I want the Phillies. You want the Phillies, but you know the Astros is a better team, bro. They might be a better team, but there's teams of destiny. They should have won last year against the Braves, but what happened? That's all right. They're going to get their give back. They're going to get their give back. They're a good team. Hey, look, they did it this time, and there was no controversy spiraling around that team. None at all, okay? No one was – you ain't seen no wire on on, on Jose or running around the bases this time. It was none of that stuff. He was awful in the playoffs. He didn't do (laughs) diddly in this playoff run. He didn't help this team at all. So they made it in spite of him. I'm sorry, you're right. You're right. But I'm just saying they ain't cheating this time. It's clean. They're just a damn good baseball team. They've made it to the World Series four out of the last six years. Come on, man. This, this is a model of consistency. This is the best team in baseball by a mile. I expect them to win this series. And, yeah, I'm, I'm as biased as Miles is. There's no secret. I hate Philadelphia. I hate Philly. I hate that Philly with everything that's in me. I can't stand them. But the Astros are generally the better team. They just are. They're genuinely that the team that – we have to look at as a team to beat in this series. So until I'm proven wrong, I'm riding with the Astros. They're pitching, they're, they're, they're batting lineup. I know the pitching that the Phillies have is really good too. Zach Wheeler and them dudes, they have a good staff. They got Nola. They got a good staff, but the Astros have a really good staff too with Verlander, the Cy Young, right? The Cy Young guy we talking about. Um, and then I think it's Valdez too, um, who pitched really well against the Yankees, right? They, they have a real good team from top to bottom. They have no weaknesses on that team, really. They have none. They have no holes. Uh, they have a lineup that hits for contact and hits for power. They do both things really, really well, and that's why they they strive, they play well even during the playoffs. There's no drop off with their performance. They're a damn good team, so I expect them to win the entire thing. That's just that's me, but I think I give you some good reasons as to why they should. They will, but you know, baseball's a weird sport. We'll see what happens. You should want them to win though, the Phillies, because Braves won last year. Phillies could win this year, then you know, <laughs> Mets. This could be your year next year. It'll be Braves, Astros, Mets next year. Mets will get show uh, Otani in the offseason, and we'll be we'll be straight. That's where we're headed. We'll see. I got Astros winning it. They just seem like the better team, top and bottom. I don't want the Astros to win. I would rather see the Phillies win, but hey, Astros four out of the last six years have been to the World Series. That's consistency right there. That's greatness. Looking at NFL, everybody, whoever wants to start, give me your biggest takeaway from week seven. Biggest takeaway. Mm. Mahomes is that guy. This is a given. Like, he just makes plays. You can knock him, but... You won't find many people who say that Tom Brady is better than him. I'm not, you know, subbing nobody in particular, but um, it's one of those things where, like, this is the best quarterback in the last 10 years in this league, and I don't think it's close. I don't think it's close. Like, what he's doing right now is incredible, and he's doing it without Tyreek Hill for all those people who are like, oh, 
he needs him to be successful. He needs him to. No, he doesn't. Like this is a, a star quarterback. This is what a, a franchise quarterback should look like in this day and age. One who can move outside the pocket, can scramble a little bit, can get the yards, and can throw it deep downfield. Like you need a quarterback like this. And watching this Chiefs team, they can go far. They can make a, another Super Bowl run. And it's funny how they got rid of Tyreek Hill, got all those picks, and they're still the best team in the AFC. I want to throw some stats out there before y'all go because I have my holes up there as, a, as my biggest takeaway. Chiefs are 3-0 in games when down by 10. Mahomes is 13-9 and when trailing by double digits in his career. He started off 1-4. So since 2019, he's been 12-5 and in games trailing by double digits. Yesterday was his eighth career game with 400-plus yards, passing three passing touchdowns, making him the fifth most in NFL history. He's only done that in 70 games. Breeze has 12. Manny Marino has 11. Brady has 10. The quickest person out of those four, Dan Marino did it in 242 games. Mahomes did that in 70. Y'all can take the floor after that. I got nothing to say. Mahomes is like that. Yo, my grandma said tonight, I FaceTimed my grandmother earlier, and she said, if, if I'm picking a team, she's picking the Chiefs. And it's partly because of Patrick Mahomes. He's just exciting to watch. The things that he does is is incredible. He's a magician out there. And, like, he, you can tell he makes other people better around him. I mean, Juju Smith last year, you know, wasn't anything to be uh, talked about, really, you know, having a down year from, from the Steelers. But um, now ever since he came to, to the Chiefs, like, Pat's getting him involved, right? When Kelsey's double covered or whatever the case is or Kelsey's not open, he, he's going to Juju. He's going to McCauley Hardman. Uh, Juju should have had two touchdowns yesterday. One of them, you know, there was a penalty on. Um, but – Patrick Mahomes is that guy, like Miles said. He makes other people better, and I think, like, the, the Chiefs are still the team to beat in the AFC, regardless if the, the Bills already beat them this year. I think you can never count Patrick Mahomes out and Eric Bieniemy and that coaching staff and what they're able to do to create explosive plays. Yo, I, I ain't got a wax poetic about Patrick Mahomes. You know what he is, right? He's, he's that dude. I think, um, obviously, from a scheme perspective with Juju, that's a good point. I was thinking about this other day. The Steelers scheme just kind of offensively just stale and sucks. So when you put Juju in that scheme with Andy Reid and with a great quarterback like him, he's going to get his numbers up. So, yeah, I mean, they're they're great. Whoop-de-doo. We knew that. (laughs) Like, no surprise. This is just another day in the NFL. That's fine. I, I, you know, look, I don't want to be – I'm trying to find another another storyline that that truly – is as, as appealing to me as this as this giant storyline. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I can't. Like, I was going to try to find another one to sit, talk about because I've been saying, I'm talking about the Giants repeatedly. I feel like it's just overkill. But I'm sorry, what, I, you can't talk enough about them. Six and one, six and one. And I think the biggest thing to me, the biggest takeaway from that game on Sunday against the Jaguars is, is Daniel Jones. <laughs> Daniel Jones played out of his mind. He played great football. He's, he's coming into his own, man. He's got the six highest QBR in the league. Um, he's the only quarter. He's the only quarterback in Giants history, I think, or like the second one. I think I believe, I believe it's second to go for 200 passing plus 200 plus passing yards and 100 r- yards on the ground. He's got more rushing yards than Najee Harris does. 
Daniel Jones has more rushing yards than Najee Harris does. All right, that's Daquan Jones. Like it, it, it's it, it's it's crazy. Like where we're at and what we're talking about with him is a guy who's ascending right before our very eyes, and he's changing the narrative about himself right before our very eyes. You, I haven't seen so many positive tweets about Daniel Jones in such a long time. And I'm going through my Twitter timeline after that game. I'm just scrolling and seeing all these people talk waxing party about Daniel Jones and how well he's played. Look, man, I, we can talk about the coaching. We talk about all this stuff, but he's bringing out every, all the good redeeming qualities I thought I've seen in Daniel Jones all these years. Brian Dable is bringing them out of him. So I think it's a lot of fun to watch it in real time. And six, this team is real. Like they're not going to win a Super Bowl, No, but they're going to make the playoffs. They're, they're, they're a team to be reckoned with. They're fun to watch, man. It's, it's a good time for the city. And you, it, it's scary to think that if the Giants add a wide receiver one, because, you know, he's throwing to Drewski, like I said, and we've had a couple of Drewski incidents in that game, where this team can go and where Daniel Jones' career can go. I don't. I think the question of whether or not they should be signed has been answered. I think it's been answered. I, I already, I've already answered it in my mind. Um, plus, it would be too good to get a good career, you know, one of those guys anyways, those young guys. So, um, yeah, big biggest story is the, <laughs> the Giants are, are, are real. Um, I think that's a big one for me. I took it away. Question: think, Do you think do you think their style of play is sustainable? Their wins have been one point, yeah. three points, eight, five, four, and six. Yeah, I, I think I think I have been asking myself this question too, but I, I think it is no homerism because I think that ultimately what you're seeing with this team is, but most most games in the NFL are decided by seven points or less. Like most games on, on a weekly basis, and most games aren't shootouts and blowouts. It's just, you're just not getting that, especially in this year. The scoring is down this year. So the Giants run the ball better than most teams, most teams in the NFL. They're a top five rushing offense in the league with Saquon and what they do and with Daniel Jones. So I think that stuff is transferable. I think that stuff is in, it's in a travel. You, you're going to win road games, which the Giants have been doing. You're going to win at home. You're going to win in the playoffs. You're going to keep time possession, time possession up on your side and keep the, the, the ball out of a great offense's hands. That, that's what you rely on your team to do when you run the ball as well as the Giants run the ball. If you notice on that last drive in that Giants game, they just ran that those guys into the dirt, right? That's all they did. They just Saquon them to death. Death by a thousand Saquons. That's what happened in that, that fourth quarter. So it, it was that, you know, that's what you saw. Like you saw that happen repeatedly in that fourth quarter. And, they, and that that's transferred. Well, I talk about this in Cardinals. I say, hey, the Cardinals have not been able to establish a run game, which is why they've always struggled. And you're seeing it now too. You can run the ball, you got a chance. And the Giants run the ball better than damn near anybody in the league. So yeah, I think it's sustainable. I think they can do this. I think their defense is going to get better as the year goes on. They're, they're missing some guys. And offensively, I think it can only get better because you're missing some guys there too. So, yeah, man, I think it, it's uh, it's it's real. It's real. I think at 6-1, you can't say it's not. It's real. It's fun. Yeah, it's crazy to talk about the Giants at 6-1 right now. But I think with Daniel Jones, like, it, as much as, like, I don't even want to hate on him. And I'm not even going to hate on him. I'm going to give him his flowers. But, like, his accuracy has been there. And his decision-making has been impeccable. Like, it, the amount of times he ran yesterday to get those 100-plus uh, yards right, like, those aren't all run plays. He's he's seeing things in the pocket and being able to make that decision quickly and take off. And not only is he taking off, he's making guys miss. He's not going – he's not sliding every single time. Like, he, he's he's not afraid to run the ball, and he, he's a big guy too. Um, but his decision-making has been up there this year, and I think – if he can continue to play at a high level and protect that football and Saquon can stay healthy, then look, I don't know how high the giant ceiling is. And I'll say this too, to your point about Daniel Jones scrambling and them not all being designed runs. There's no quarterback in the NFL who scrambled for more first downs than Daniel Jones. He's, he's number one. And it's five pretty sizable margin. 
with a, in a league where Lamar Jackson plays in. <laughs> just just saying, right? He's second in total rush yards to, to a QB behind Lamar. So it, it the stats are piling up, man. He's making a real case. He's earning himself some money. He really is. And I think the Giants are going to be very comfortable moving forward with them. I think all the fanfare around whether or not they'll move on from him is just, just that fanfare. Because if you watch the way Dable interacts with Daniel Jones, it's a guy who loves his quarterback. It's a guy who believes in his quarterback. Like, and Dable knows more about quarterback play than I ever will, than I can ever hope to. So if he believes in him, I'm riding with him. I'm riding with DJ. And, and I'm only, I've been on this DJ train for the longest time. I've been riding with him. I've been saying, you know, you get him a good coach, get him. And we have, we don't, we don't even have the infrastructure yet. We don't have the, the, the receivers yet. Just imagine we get the receivers. What's going to look like? It's fun, man. It's, it's, this team's real. It's, it's transferable, man. They, they really aren't. This is not lucky. It's not a, it's not a lucky group. On the flip side of a quarterback having success, we look at Russell Wilson not having success on field or off field. What are your thoughts on Russell Wilson? Which it seems like he is toned up on off field. What happened off field? (laughs) Terrible commercials. Oh, those. Okay. Right. The, the danger, it's the danger of our sandwiches. It's spicy. <laughs> Yo, we, we, we got to put that clip up with that. But nah, the, the, the tone deafness is, is something that needs to be talked about because with Russell Wilson, he he's starting to look like the, the Baker Mayfield with all these damn commercials. Russell Wilson is not playing up to par. You can blame it on the, the play calling. You can blame it on Nathaniel Hackett. You can blame it on these, these receivers not coming through. Regardless, Russell Wilson doesn't look like himself. And the tone deafness is an issue because when people want to make fun of Russ and, and say he's a corny guy and, and he appears to be so, right, depending on your definition of corny. Um, but it you you would think that this is starting to rub his teammates the wrong way, right? Like you're, you just got this big money. You come to Denver. You're supposed to be the guy that leads them to – the playoffs, if not the the Super Bowl, and you're you're playing like this, and then your teammates are seeing you in these commercials, like tensions have got to be high, you know. On you saw the frustration in Jerry Judy a few week, two weeks ago on the sideline, uh, just with the way things were going. But like for Russell Wilson, one thing about the tone deafness too is like, how do you get blown out two weeks ago, and then the next day you're online promoting your your new hat, right? your new clothing line and things like that. Like that's, that's the tone deafness. You can't be coming out here playing like that and then immediately start wanting people to, you know, buy and support your brand and things like that. Like that's not the time to do that when you just, when, when your team, you know, is, is struggling throughout this entire season. Like he's just got to, he's, he's got to be more, more aware of, of what's going on. And I don't think he is because he's such a, positive person right Mr. Unlimited he's, he's just that that type of mentality where no matter how bad things are he's not going to see it that way um and he's he's always gonna you know believe in himself and and talk about positivity and you know he's a Christian at the end of the day right he's always going to be like you know God's got me and and I, I believe in that but sometimes you got to know your audience and I don't think he does he's trying to maintain a persona now this been just this thing. I don't. I, mean, I don't think he is though. I. I, I really I, think that's just how he thinks. I don't think. I don't. I don't think that the look his religion aside because that's obviously genuine. Yeah. Right. I. I don't. No one's questioning that. I think. I think for him, 
he is he is trying to maintain a persona in every other way though like the less ride is forced you're talking about you go to a post-game <laughs> presser you just got the snot beat out of you by a team you shouldn't have lost to it was an embarrassing game i don't know yeah. which game he lost he goes up to the podium and i said it in the chat and he's talking about some he he answers these questions from the from all the media members and at the end he goes he goes oh let's ride what <laughs> like right, right. like it, it it's a with him it's all it's an i can't i can't believe that it's real i'm just i just can't believe that it's real i've seen that you've seen i'm sure people have seen the video the pictures of melvin gordon just like looking like he wants to kill him one on the sideline like it, it rubs his teammates the wrong way the way richard sermon talks about him i used to, i used to think that richard sermon just hated on him for no reason right i used to think it was just you know he's just hating on that guy there's no real reason not to like russell wilson and honestly if i'm being honest there, there, this is not a reason to not like that guy. He's a good dude. I just think at the end of the day, it's it's annoying for a fan base, annoying for teammates when you have your quarterback seemingly trying to portray this image of himself all the time. Like it's just it, it, and and football almost comes second to that. And that's mm-hmm. the weird thing. Like it almost feels like football is coming second to to Russ being this P, the who 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 he wants to be in the PR scope of things. Like he wants to be, you know, like. Positive. The, the no like the, the good humanitarian but also like the, he's trying to be too rah-rah in moments it's just a very weird line he walks and, and, and you know the, the corniness is who he, who he is i don't like ah, whatever like i don't care about your dangerous sandwich it's fine like it, the real thing is just <laughs> it's just um it's a lot it's a lot for um for people to digest right especially when you're not playing good football when you were playing good football it didn't matter and i think someone commented that on one of our posts today when you're playing good football, it didn't matter as much. That's fine. But he's not supplemented with a great defense and a great run game over in Denver right now. So oh, well, the defense is there, but the run game, not so much. But, yeah, man, like, you're not winning games. People are going to be on you. And people are going to highlight what's wrong with you more than ever before. I think that, you know, again, I, I want to be careful about the, the, the dialogue because there's no reason not to like that guy. He's a good dude. But it's it's just – what what like I don't I want to say something but I can't say it on the podcast. But what's wrong with you, man? Like what's wrong? Like really? Like it's it's a lot. Like the less ride, it's all too much. I, you know what it is? Since he's gotten with Sierra, it feels like he's become just completely self-involved in his brand. It the brand comes first. It's before the football. The way I look to people comes first. My endorsement opportunities come first. The red carpets come. It just feels like that stuff is kind of taking over. Remember, he's a small town kid from Wisconsin. He was nothing before this. He, you know what I mean? They, he's no like D Wade, huh? He's like D Wade. It's not D Wade though, because man, D Wade was still cold after Gab. He was still cold. He, he the injuries took D Wade away. It's not the injuries with Russ though. Like it's it's just a complete decline in play. With with he's seemingly healthy. It's a lack. He, he didn't want to do the dirty work. He didn't want to scramble anymore. The magic in Russell Wilson was the scrambling. Was the, it was the extending plays and finding guys open. He didn't want to do that anymore. He wanted to keep himself healthy. Right. He didn't want to be in Seattle anymore. He wanted to go to a big market, went to Denver. Okay. That's weird. But you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it, it's, it, I'm not blaming Sierra because I don't need black, black, black women all over the world getting mad at me. I'm just saying <laughs> that the brand is coming first. It feels like the brand and who he wants to portray himself to be is, is being put first. I don't know. Do you think I'm off base? I don't know. Antonio might have different thoughts, but I feel like I, I feel like that's what it is, man. You know? From reports of what Richard Sherman is talking about with uh, the episode he had with Marshawn Lynch, that you can't get in contact with Russ, that you have to talk to his agent. Mm-hmm. That type of stuff, that's where it's like, I don't even know if I want to go 
out and saying that you're a good person. I can't, I can't defend that. I can't vouch for you. If you're that on a high horse that your teammates don't have your phone number and you're the quarterback, you're the face of the franchise, you're the leader of the team. Hey, you seem like you got a good personality, you're a good person, you love God, all that good stuff. But if that's true, that, yo, they can't reach you, you got to talk to Russ's agent. It's a bigger problem going on with Russ. The man's head too big. And this is what we probably are watching. Pride comes before the fall, and we might just be seeing Russ fall. It's just that simple. Now he's getting humble. That's obvious. Russ is getting humble right now. Yeah. You thought, you thought you was hot stuff. You could go. You thought you was on that level of a Mahomes, of a Josh Allen, where, hey, if we get him, we we straight. Denver's not straight. Kudos, you got your bread, but Denver's not straight. You're not, you're not him. <laughs> They're not a Super Bowl contender or anything like that because Russ is there. Russ, those Super Bowl runs was a lot of Legion of Boom, Marshawn Lynch, and Pete Carroll coaching. You, you stepped up here and there when needed to. That's about it. It was some magic in the way he played. There was an elite, he had elite, he had an elite ability, an elite superpower, which made him an elite quarterback. The ability to just dance in the pocket, feel rushers without even seeing them, and extend plays and just make something out of nothing. He made something out of nothing better than anybody I've ever seen before. That's what he did in Denver and in, in um, yeah. Seattle for all those years. Yeah, and I was in Seattle for all those years. So I, for me, it, it's it's really weird to see that fall off. But I think I only thing I can really equate it to the only thing I can the only thing that makes this explicable to me is the lack of wanting to do dirty work. That was dirty work. He used to take shots. He was taking hits delaying plays that long you were getting hit on when you were throwing them things right so i think it's again i think it's a holly he's gone hollywood a little bit right like i think he's gotten away from that the wisconsin kid who was wanting to do anything it took to get to to make it big right like and that's what carried you throughout the time in seattle you made plays now we're talking about it being a totally different thing right it it, it all turned the, the narrative turned it was let russ cook it was the I'm mad at the offensive coordinator. I'm mad at you know what the who this no this low maintenance kid from Wisconsin is complaining about these things. Since when? When did that change? When? Who who came into his life? John will say right. Like it, it's just it's a, it just feels like it just feels like those things. And then the New York rumors, right? It was New York rumors. Those things were buzzing, bro. It wasn't like it wasn't like people were just speculating about the New York stuff. That was real. Thank you know, God. You're, Thank God I'm, that never happened. Thank God. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones is a far better quarterback. But, you know. That would be one and six. <laughs> we would be. We would be one and six, and I have this guy talking about some less ride in my ear, talking about some Mr. Unlimited. Now I'm good. But, yo, I, y'all know, man. I, you, if you think I'm crazy, I, I don't know. If y'all think I'm bugging, let me know. I'm just, I just feel like. Man, you already know how I feel when these regular, regular dudes be getting with these chicks. And they, they, everything changed. We ain't going, we're not going to talk about Gabrielle. So that's another episode, and that's that's you know once we get to a certain level, but right now we're not trying to do that. That's that's something different. I'm not blaming Sierra, by the way. I wanted to. Just put oh, it you don't have to blame Sierra, but it, yeah. on some level, you you be honest. It's when did you change the picture, and whether it's Sierra or whether it's him trying to make sure that I have to have this persona because I'm with Sierra now. She's still part of the equation, regardless. Bruh. And I wonder, really, and we've talked about this. I wonder. How does she really feel watching talking about, oh, spicy, Mr. Unlimited? 
I, I really, somebody need to sit her down and find out from Sierra. How do you feel about this? I get it. You J pray Jada Pinkett Smith need to sit her down on the on the red table talk. Yeah, you pray, <laughs> you pray for her. I get it. You had this whole prayer and Rush treats you better than future and all this, but at the core of it, how you really feel about Russ talking, Mr. Unlimited? How how do you Russ Sierra? My goodies, my goodies, not my good. How do you feel about this man? It, it, the thing too is. I remember after I didn't I don't remember all the internet shenanigans starting until after he, he got he got married to her and after they you know or at least they came public with their relationship. I remember videos when it all started. The first thing I remember the first time I remember remember calling Russ Corny was when um, he posted a video. I think it was during COVID and they were in bed and he was talking in a completely different way. You know, you're trying to sound like just like a brother. You're trying to sound like you know, and and, and he he's talking he's talking in this deep voice with her with all lit up in bed with Sierra. I'm like. What's happening right now? <laughs> that was that was right after he signed the Denver contract. He got all that money. This was that after? Or this that was, was like the day after? after. That's why he made that video in bed. Was that after? Yeah, Real? that was oh, the right. day after. That, that was right after. That's oh, when he got all that bread. That's when he started talking like that. I thought my timeline's messed up. I thought he was still in Seattle with the Seahawks when he did that video. Uh, but maybe I'm off. Either way, either way, he's, done, probably, he's, probably done, a, he's done a couple though. So yeah, yeah. It's, been, it's been a few videos. Yeah, I'm saying. Because what I'm talking about could have been before that. But the, what I'm saying is, you, you, you know, it, it, all, it all started there. It all started there. And that that can't be the same kid I saw on draft day sitting next to a white girl with way too many teeth in her mouth. So I'm going to say. So I'm going to say. <laughs> Yo, and we, so I'm going to say. We talking about Russ and Russ falling off and what's going on with Russ. But we would be remiss if we bring up Russell Wilson and not bring up Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers do not look good. One looks like they need to retire. The other one looks like he never should have came out of retirement. Which of these two quarterbacks do you have the most concerned for? I'd say Rodgers, honestly. I mean, he's the one who, I mean, we thought he had more left in the tank. We thought, I mean, he's only 38 years old. If you're looking at it, I mean, in Tom Brady years, he's got seven more years to get to that point. And this team's been to the NFC Championship the last two, two years. You thought, all right, just build around him. They get rid of his best receiver. All right, let's see how he does with these other receivers. It's not working. Like, it's just not working with, with Rodgers anymore. Like, they made the wrong decision a couple years ago, drafting Jordan Love. All right, cool. But they also made the wrong decision putting all their eggs in one basket with Rodgers and not trying to figure out a, a, a next step with this franchise. Because I don't see this thing going anywhere. I think this is just going to set them back even more. And I like LaFleur. He's a good coach. But, I mean, I don't think this marriage is going to come to a good ending. Like I, I can tell he's not happy. Um, I'm sure Matt LaFleur is not happy. And you see they're a young group. They got a lot of young receivers out there, and he's getting mad at them for stuff that, I mean, they're still learning this league right now. So, But he didn't look good on Sunday against Washington. And they got a, a good defense. And he didn't look good against the Jets the week before. So 
I mean, that's one of those things where you're the superstar quarterback. You got to be able to step up regardless of who you have on your team and make plays. And it's just not cutting it anymore. And it it's funny because Broncos paid Russell Wilson all that money. Yeah. But Aaron Rodgers is making like $50 million a year now. And I mean, for $50 million, I need more than 60 yards in the third quarter. If you being, if we're being frank. So. I feel that too. I feel that. And I, I'm concerned about the the play of the green Bay Packers. And, and I do think a lot of it falls on Aaron Rodgers' shoulders. You know, there's just been a lot of blame from him in these post-game press conferences, blaming everybody else, right. And, and lack of accountability. It kind of reminds me a little bit of how Kyler Murray was, was talking to the media early on in the season when things weren't going so hot and well, still aren't going so hot in, in Arizona, but with, with Rodgers, like, you're skilled enough to make people better around you. You see Patrick Mahomes do it. There's no reason you can't either, especially these young guys, right? Like he, he made a comment uh, a few weeks ago after, after one of the games saying like, I think it was after the loss of the Giants in London. He said, uh, talking about Watson and, and, and Dubs or, or Dobbs saying that like, um, you know, these, these guys weren't prepared. They weren't ready. Well, man, you're the quarterback. It's your job to help them get ready. Like these are rookies, you know, at the end of the day, like you're the quarterback, you're quarterback in this team. Everything falls on your shoulders. It's all going to come back to you. Like you got to make sure that your, your weapons are ready. Um, you know, you try to make them the scapegoat, but another thing too about the Packers is like their run game hasn't been there and they have two dominant running backs in uh, AJ Dillon and, and Aaron Jones. I mean, yesterday Jones had eight carries you know, A.J. Dillon had four carries and both didn't even have 35 yards combined together. Like, that's disgusting. You can't get 35 yards with, with two running backs? Like, come on, man. Like, this Packers team is is struggling with, with play calling. Um, and obviously that is is highlighted when, when Aaron Rodgers is out there. But, it, look, if you, if you can't if you can't run the football, there's, there's not much you can do if defenses are shutting down the passing game as well. You know, I don't I don't see a decline in Aaron Rodgers' play. I, I think that he's just not – he has a terrible attitude. He's not the kind of guy, the kind of person who's, who's going to be – who's going to be, you know, the right person to steer a young team forward, to steer young players and mentor young players. He doesn't have the patience for it. He seems like a pretty difficult person overall. Um, he seems the kind of guy who who's a know-it-all, and, you know, you can't really say much to him, right? So – um, obviously, he was telling us he was trying to educate us all year uh, last year about the Invermectin and all these secret remedies to COVID that we that, that scientists couldn't tell us, but he could. So, you know, I think he's a kind of a know-it-all. I think that that makes it that makes it hard when you have a young receiving core to be patient with. They'll make mistakes early in the season. This part, this portion of the season is going to be difficult and you don't have the right guy, the right leader to carry you through that moment. So I think it's more about that. I think it's more of a personality clash. I think it's more of a personality issue than it is that if you think about it. Even him being non-committal while playing football long-term is the reason why they don't have Devontae Adams there. So it's everything off the field with him that's led to this moment. It's not even so much about his on-field play. I think it's still, he still throws a great ball. He still has an amazing arm. It's The ability is the ability. The, the gift is the gift. He still has the gift. It's still there. It hasn't left him. He's still one of the best players in football, period. Um, it's just all the stuff off the field that comes with, with Aaron Rodgers. It's the Aaron Rodgers experience that's burning them right now. Matt LaFleur may not be that good of a coach, and we're realizing that now, sure, but it's not. It's less about that and more about Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, who he is um, and his ability to lead lead men, you know, young men uh, in this case. I think it's more of a problem. And then with Tom Brady, he's just a distracted quarterback. If you had to ask me who I'm more concerned about, I, I would 
probably tell you I'm more concerned about Tom Brady because Tom Brady just looks old. <laughs> he's not playing bad, but he just looks old. And, and it's, he's so at a stage in his life right now where guys just don't do this anymore. Guys don't play football at this age. Guys don't even want to anymore. Guys want to be with their families. Guys want to be on, on the beach enjoying their riches, be with their, with their wives, spending time, right? Like, he, he's so out of place on a football field right now. That's not something anyone could imagine you'd ever say about Tom Brady, but he's out of place. He's just, he, it looks like he doesn't belong there. It looks like he should be just somewhere else, you know, like it, hanging out on one of his many ranches or kissing his sons, right? But instead, <laughs> he's on the football field every Sunday, and it, it's the guys around him are suffering. It's not a fun environment. The culture of the team sucks. He's constantly yelling, constantly screaming. I know that the offensive line got injuries and all that stuff, but you're not the – there's a similarity between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. They're, right now, for their teams, they are not the correct leader for that team where they are. They're not. They're, each of them don't, are not at, at a stage in their lives where they can be patient with, 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 the, with, what's, with what's going on around the team, with the young players on the team, with dealing with mistakes, with being a leader. Uh, they're not there. And, and rightfully so. They've earned the right to not be there. But you're probably playing for the wrong teams, both of you. And in Tom's case, you are definitely playing in the – you shouldn't be in the league. You should be enjoying your life. You got three hundred million dollars waiting for you, waiting for you on the other side of all this. Get up out of here. And he's he's hanging around, and it's costing him. You see it. You see it in his face. Honestly, he looks like a. I don't know. He looks like someone put a curse on him or something. I think Brady actually could play. Like actually, if he wanted to play after the season, he could keep playing. The thing with Brady is, at this point in his career, he needs it to be like the Bucks of two years ago. He needs to go in a perfect environment with a great O-line, a run game. Because he, if you watch some of the games, he's still able to make some of these throws. Yeah. That's not the – I think at his age, though, this is mm -hmm. not – he really obviously wanted to go Miami. This is not – this is not the right team for him. He needs a perfect ecosystem around him to make this work. So I think actually – Bold prediction, Tom Brady doesn't retire this season. Yep. He leaves Tampa Bay, and he tries to find the best possible situation for him. And I heard this. Well, we can continue from here, and we can look at week eight. Somebody threw this out as a possible scenario what happened with Tom Brady off the field. Tom Brady retired and hopes to try to fix the marriage. Once the marriage was not fixable. He was like, F it, I'm going to come back and play. And that's really how everything went down. Ah, I see. That makes a lot more sense, honestly. And that, that makes his comments. The retirement was out of nowhere. It was weird timing. He didn't, I didn't announce it. I did announce it. That could have been really what happened. Yeah. You, you know, I, when I say he, does, he looks like he doesn't belong out there, um, it's not so much about his level of player or his ability. It's more so about just the phase he is in his life. But it's just, he just looks out of place and he should be doing something else, something better than getting hit by 300 pound men. Uh, you know, I just feel like it's, that's not the goal anymore. You have nothing left to prove in this game. Right. But it's his guy to give him right to play as much as long as he wants to, obviously. And that makes a lot of sense. Cause he recently said he's not going to retire anytime soon. So, you know what? He's given up on the marriage. That ship has sailed. Clearly that ship has sailed. Week eight pickums, Patriots are three and three. The Jets are five and two, but they have a huge injury in Brees Hall. Yes, we know they made a trade today. 
Will the Jets cool off, though, with this Brees Hall injury? That's right. Who are they playing next? The Dolphins? They're playing the Pats and Zappy. Oh. Zappy. Obviously, Miles has the Jets winning this game. Who do y'all have winning this game? It's tough. It's tough because Billy Zappi looked, looked good earlier on when he came in this game against the Bears, but he's also cooling off a little bit right now, and, and Zach Wilson hasn't been the the best either uh, for quarterback play. And, and how, how soon is James Robinson going to get up and running right? You know, he'll probably get some snaps here and there like Chris McCaffrey did with the 49ers when he joined during the week. But Michael Carter is going to have to carry that load for the run game. I'm going to pick the Jets just because their, their corners have been playing great. Their their defense has been very solid. Sauce Gardner looks very good. Uh, definitely uh, rookie of the year candidate right there. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with the Jets. Where are they playing? They're playing at home. I was about to yeah. say, stop, stop the BS, man. Stop the BS with whatever you're talking. You're talking about he's not going to play. He's going to play. We traded for him first – day of the week it's not like the McCaffrey trade they traded him on a Thursday so he's gonna play this week and you're talking about which team you're gonna pick you you talking real hot like y'all been blowing teams out oh boy like we've been blowing teams out we don't need like you said before a win's a win right oh a win's a win a win is a win a win is a win win win. win by 20 (laughs) oh no a win is a win but but don't 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 act like act like y'all y'all be putting up numbers on people because y'all one field goal away from losing. That's how close these what's games the are. Saying? What's the saying? Defense wins championships? <laughs> Your defense ain't a championship defense. So calm that down. Hey, Yours, yours ain't either. <laughs> hey, I didn't say we were. But I picked the Jets, so I don't know where all this hate coming from. There's no hate. I'm just you tiptoeing a de- around your your pick. You're like, oh, you know. Ain't nobody tiptoeing. I'm laying out. I'm laying out the facts. And don't, don't act like don't act like the Bengals didn't already come up there and whoop that tail. You whooped Joe Flacco. Whoop de do. Ah, no, no. We we whooped that whole tail. Citizen. We whooped that whole tail. We would have whooped. Joe Flacco was playing better than Zach Wilson is. No, he wasn't. You saw how many sacks he took. That ain't, that, ain't, that was not all on Joe Flacco's fault. Oh, you're right. All right. Don't try right. to put that all on no, Joe no, Flacco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that old line ain't, ain't that, be... Cherish that win you had against that senior citizen. Oh, we will. We will. It's, it's added to the record books. You're right. Hey, man, look. They, if, if the Pats can stop the run, they'll, they, they have a chance. If they can't, then, yeah, that, you know, they won't win that game. But um, I don't know. I think Belichick is the kind of guy who can concoct a way to stop the run. But I also think the way that the Jets run the ball is strong. I'll pick Jets because I think the Jets, um, what they do is sustainable because they run the ball really well and they have a great run scheme and it's hard to stop it. So I'll pick the Jets in this one. But if nothing would surprise me with this one, I'll be honest, nothing would surprise me. I I wouldn't be surprised if we came back and the Patriots won. But I I do think that um, that the the Jets win that game with their run scheme, what they're doing. And James Robinson is a good back. They got, they went and got another good running back. So, you know, we'll see how much Zach throws it. I think he's not throw a little bit more. Uh, I think they'll have to rely on that a little more, and that should be interesting. I'm interested to see his development week to week. Just interesting to watch. But uh, I think they'll win this game. Hold up, but I don't know if it's going to be a tough, tough game to pick because, you know, James James Robinson's questionable for this week due to, due to time. Due to time reading the playbook, so. <laughs> we, we're going to see how ready he is. Yo. Cards, Vikings. The Cards are three and four. The Vikings are five and one. 
sidebar, we talked all about A-Rod. I don't think anybody retracted their statement yet that Chris might be right and the Vikings win the division. Well, he might be right. He might have got one off. You know, he had to make up for that Cam top ten. But uh, we're not going to hash on that. We're not going to hash on that. But yeah, I like I like the Vikings in this one. Who they got? Cardinals. They got Calamari. Oh, uh, Calamari. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they'll win that game. I I mean the Cardinals with Hopkins back is interesting. Then you know that what make. What made the offense special is back, and he looks good. So it could be a closer game than you guys think. And it's also Kirk Cousins, so you never really know what you're going to get. You never really know. You know, you, you think you know. You don't really know what you're going to get. So it, it'll be interesting, but I'll pick the Vikings just because I think the Vikings have a formula in place, and they've been the better team all year. But the, it's, the NFL is just no guarantees every weekend. You don't know what's going to happen, so we'll see. The only constant thing in the NFL is that the Giants will win every weekend. That's pretty much it. <laughs> It's the only thing that really that's the only thing that really is constant. Perfect transition. Perfect transition. Giants at Seattle. Six and one Giants, four and three Seattle Seahawks with the top ten Geno Smith. Who y'all got winning this game? This is another tough one. That's a hard one. This is a hard one. Because the Seahawks, they come to play against like good teams so it's one of those things they blew out the chargers <laughs> yeah he's, he's funny as hell <laughs> how look look at their schedule they they lost to the 49ers cool they lost to the falcons that's not cool they beat this they lost to the saints jesus but they beat the chargers this week i don't i don't understand this team like they're so up and down i'm rocking with the giants Honestly, they, they lost DK. He's out two to five weeks. Um, that's a big loss. So that means they're going to have to rely on Tyler Lockett, which, I mean, it's a lot to ask of such a small guy. Like, he's not, he's not a big guy. I don't, I don't really trust, I don't really trust him to, to be a difference maker in this one. So I think it's going to be tough. They're going to put a lot of pressure on Geno. His defense is pretty good, and hey, Danny Dimes, MVP votes. He's starting. You got to start putting him in in the convo, right? Let's get wild. Let's get wild. Let's get wild. Let's get wild. It's six and one. You going? You going to the You going to the, uh, the the Thanksgiving game? It's Cowboys eight and two or eight and one, eight or nine and nine and one. Listen, bro. Those this only that, that chatter won't get real loud. That chatter's gonna get loud, but um. No, I mean, yeah, I think this is a tough one to pick too. I'll, I'll pick Seattle because I've been. This is what I've been doing, you know. Oh, I pick You just know you're you're a fraud. I'll pick fraud. Seattle, just but you know, I'm a man. I'm a man of you know superstition. I believe super. You know, I believe in it's, it's superstition. Just you know, superstition. I got. I got. It's been working. So I'll pick Seattle, but obviously, I and you know, obviously, the, the Vegas does too. Vegas hasn't put respect on the Giants' name yet, but. I just want people to know they've gone there before and they've beaten Seattle in Seattle. They've done, they've done, they've beaten the, the Seahawks in Seattle before um, in 2020. And, you know, as great as Gino is, Gino's actually a better quarterback than Russell Wilson. <laughs> He's been playing great football. Um, I think there's ways the Giants can, can win this game. The running game's going to travel. I think the Giants are going to – actually, I think Seattle has one of the worst run defenses uh, in, in the league. So I think that that's really not going to go well for them against a team that's running the ball better than most teams in the league. I think they have a top three or four rushing attack in the league. Um, so it's, it's tough. 
it's, it's tough when you have that going. And then obviously off that, you have to play action that this, uh, that Dan Jones can run. And he's going to get to attack some corners down the field and even tight the middle of the field. So good luck. It's going to be a tough ask. The Giants are, have more things that are constants that work in their favor in this game than the Seattle Seahawks do. Uh, but it's going to be a tough game. I'm not, I'm not running from that. We'll see how it goes. But I, I, I've got, you know, the Seahawks winning this game, is it, so to is speak. Is it in Seattle? It's yeah. in Seattle. I got the Giants. I got the Giants. Giants are hot right now. I feel like their defense is playing well. Moreau, especially at the cornerback position. And Saquon. Saquon has been the difference maker all year. In addition to Danny Dimes, we'll give him his flowers. But Saquon looks phenomenal. And if if what Greg said is true about um, Seattle's run defense, then they're going to have a hard time stopping Saquon because he doesn't look like he's slowing down a bit. And he looks like he's getting better every week, too. Next game, last game, we're week eight pickums. Who they at right. the dog pound? Cleveland, this oh. is for you. And they have not looked good at yeah. all. We thought that possibly they could maybe be 500 by the time Mr. Deshaun Cosby gets back, but it's not looking like that. Who y'all have winning this one? <laughs> I don't know. This is an ugly, ugly matchup. I got the Bengals win this one. <laughs> ugly, ugly, ugly matchup. I, I ain't gonna make it. Here we go. I, I can't get cute with this one. I've got, I got the Bengals, man. This is a, this is a win for the Bengals. I, the Browns have not played well, and look, it's a weird league, but the Bengals are, are getting it going. I, they're they're getting it going. The Joe Burrow's heating up, and that alone makes this a tough one. I think uh, you know a tough one to pick against. Um, the Bengals in and the Browns just aren't playing good football right now. What's, what's the thing they do well? Nick Chubb runs the ball well, but what else? Right. Like, you know, what's funny about the terminology you just use heating up those two words right there. My, my boy, Joey B, Joe Shiesty posted a pick yesterday. And what, what was the caption? Heating up, heating I, up right, right after the game too. He was talking to this. He was talking I, to this. I don't and, follow this. Uh, what happened? I don't follow people from Cincinnati, so I yeah, wouldn't. yeah, you know you got you know you follow Jamar on the gram, you know you follow. I don't, I don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. He gonna run to your phone right now and and, and de- delete the follow, but not not for real. These these Bengals are not to be played with right now. They're they heating up. They won four out of the last five. Guess how many points we put up in the past three games? Eighty two points. They're showing that they have that explosive offense. Eighty two points in the past three games. Sixty five points in the past two games. Right. 35 yesterday, 28 in the first half. That was a great game to be at. I was going crazy the entire game, but Bur- Burrow's starting to look like himself again. You know, he started off the year shaky coming out of that, that appendix surgery that he had, but yesterday threw for 481 yards, three touchdowns, ran one. Tyler Boyd, 155 yards. Jamar Chase, 130 yards. T. Higgins, 93 yards. Like, we have the best wide-receiving core best wide receiving trio in all football right now and these guys when they're clicking on all cylinders i'll say it again like you can't stop them all and that's what happens you get tyler boyd involved it opens up t higgins you get t higgins involved it opens up jamar chase like this this team when they're clicking and and the play calling is right like it has been the past two weeks and they're playing out of shotgun more and stop going under center and they're doing rpos out of that it's going to be hard to stop because joe burrow has a great football mind you know, he's, he's going to be out here really dicing teams up. I know Miles likes to think Zach Wilson's out here dicing teams up. Joe Burr out here carving these dudes up for real, 481 yards. He has 12 touchdowns 
over the past five games and over only one interception. He's out, he's out here doing the damn thing right now. When did I ever say that? <laughs> when the, did the, I ever the, say that he was dicing people up? We we've seen that they're they're a running team. Don't don't dis you're trying to distract from the fact that you're gonna be listening to Latoya Luckett torn because you're torn in between your Ohio teams on Sunday. You know, on, on Monday, I mean. Who? Who's torn? Who? You're torn. I ain't you torn. Know, you don't know which side of Ohio to, to stick with. It's Get ugly, out of here. You got ugly on both sides. Now, now you're just talking stupid. <laughs> you know it's who they nation. Yeah, yeah. The big cats. I got the Bengals by two scores at least. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Let me get y'all top three Heisman watch. Wait, 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 wait. Who, who you got in the Giants game then? You got to know you're making picks too. You didn't announce your other picks. <laughs> oh, we already we went past that one. Yeah, but he didn't. He didn't announce a pick. He's trying to backtrack. I'm just asking. Now I'm curious. He made a pick. He didn't make a pick for the Giants game. I didn't hear one from Tony. Now I got the Giants winning a seven and one. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Seven to one. I'm I'm getting unbearable now. All right, let's rock. Heisman, why? <laughs> who, who y'all got y'all Heisman watch right now? Y'all top two, three candidates. It's CJ Stroud and you know. Hookers. We like hookers over here. We like we like uh, hookers over here. <laughs> he's balling right now for Tennessee. He's got this team undefeated. They didn't really play a, a decent opponent this week, but you know, the numbers matter in, in college football. And then I got Caleb Williams from USC. Yeah, he's yeah. That was gonna be my number my number two guy behind CJ Stroud was Caleb Williams and over at USC. Transformation of the program since him and Lincoln Rally went over there. They're really good. They're really good. And he's a guy, you know, before Daniel Jones, you know, just took off this year that I thought maybe they'd go after a year from now, right, when he's able to come out. So uh, he's a really good player, going to be a hell of an NFL quarterback too. So I got him and I got C.J. Straub. I think C.J. Straub's going to win. I think he's the unquestioned uh, number one uh, Heisman guy right now. I think we got to – or the the nominee. I think he's the guy we got to go – we got to look at for real. Yeah, I mean, you look at what he did against Iowa this this past week, put up 55-plus points. I mean, it, it's got to be C.J. Stroud in that number one spot. But you could say you could say Hendon Hooker. You could say Caleb Williams, you know, throwing five touchdowns this past week. I mean, all these guys are playing at a really high level. But to Caleb Williams' point, like him going to USC and being able to transform that program with Lincoln Riley and being able to come in and not miss a beat and, and still compete at a high level. You know, we talked about him last year at Oklahoma – you know, if he continued to play well, like he was going to be one of those guys of the future that's going to win a Heisman. So um, I want to see what he does throughout the rest of the year and the competition that he has coming up to see how, how well he plays and see, you know, what his numbers look like after that. Hold up. And if they keep winning, you know, Ben Bryant, he's a, a, a sleeper, sleeper pick. Ben Bryant from Cincinnati. You don't know him, Chris? <laughs> I'm ignoring you. I'm ignoring you. I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> I didn't know what he was talking about. He's talking about our quarterback. I'm not, I'm not checking for Cincinnati people, bro. Miles <laughs> uh, is a funny troll, for real. Ben Bryant. Ben Bryant. Well, we are at the end of week one of the NBA season. Mm-hmm. From this week one, 
y'all biggest takeaways. One of my biggest takeaways is Nikola Jokic is off to the MVP start this season. And if they continue playing like this, we're looking at Jokic being the MVP again. I don't think there will be voters for T24, 10 and 9. 24. He's, he's, he's moved, man. Easy. And that win in Golden State's one of those signature wins, too, like you need as an MVP candidate. I, I think if you're talking about MVP candidates, Jaws playing at an MVP level. He's torching the Nets right now. <laughs> um, he's playing at an MVP level, John Morant, too. He's knocking down a three ball with consistency. So he's another guy that I've just walked away from this first week of the season being incredibly impressed with. Um, I think that. Another takeaway I had from week one of the season is it's wild. It's early. The Nets are walking on eggshells with this whole situation. You can kind of see frustration on Kevin Durant's face when they go through these lulls and of playing bad defense, not getting rebounds. Um, they, they they're walking on eggshells. At any moment, this thing could explode. It's like it's like C four. Like it, at any moment, this thing could explode, and we could wake up to a notification saying Katie's asking asking to leave again. I, that's where I'm at with the Nets. I I think that. This thing can go one of two ways, but there's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. I think that it's either they win and, and these guys figure it out and maybe they stay. Uh, but um, I also think that there's a good chance that, you know, you know, these guys that they don't figure it out. Right. They, that, that There's a real chance that that doesn't happen. So um, that's another takeaway of the season for me. I've taken away already, like just early, early on. But it's, it's, again, it's early. You know, I, what do we know? What do we know early on this season? We know the Lakers aren't good right now. We know the Lakers have problems. We know that too. We know that they need to make a trade. It's, it's clear. I think, I think it's clear as day to everybody. Um, and we also, you know, know that, you know, the, the good teams we thought were going to be good are really good to start the season. But, you know, it, it's where we're three games in. It, it, it's tough. It's tough to really get your wraps around anything. Miles, what about you? I don't know. You know did, I, did I miss anything? Well, I was going to say that last dance documentary on the Nets is going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. But um, the Utah Jazz, them being number one in the West, I didn't expect that after week one. I mean, I know it's early, but for them to beat the teams they've beaten, like the Pelicans, who we, you know, we were high on, they just lost to the Rockets today. All right, cool. So now they're three and one, but they beat the Timberwolves and they beat the Nuggets. Handily. Handily. So these are teams that we have in our like top five in the West and they, they beat them. I know it's early, but whoever the coach is, I don't, I don't bother looking it up. It's not Quinn Snyder, but he's got them playing hard so far. So they're not, they're not tanking Adam, Adam Silver, you know, he's not upset with this team. So some of these other teams that are tanking like the Lakers, he might, you know, he might reach in and be like, yo, come on now. You guys got to stop this. You got LeBron and AD. You're making this look too crazy. Because that trip, that triple threat, him, Wembenyama, and AD, that would be a nasty big three. But we're not ready to talk about that yet. Not yet. Um, if they lost, if they lost enough, they wouldn't even get Wembenyama. That's the worst part about it. Exactly. The Pelicans will own that. Yep. <laughs> Straight trolling. <laughs> That's hilarious, bro. It's 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 a. The it, thing it, I can say, the thing I can say about the Lakers is, I still it's early and I still have hope in this regard. They're playing D. They're number two in defensive rating, actually defensive rating, efficiency, and they're leading the league in steals and they're top ten, I believe, in blocks. So defensively, 
is there. The glaring problem, which everybody can see, is on the offensive end. 21% three-point shooting, which is dead last in the NBA. Dead last. And there's nobody even near these jokers. And then the Russell Westbrook situation. He's not the right fit for this team. But I really, I really hate the discourse around it that it seems like people are trying to just put all of this on Russ's plate as the reason why the season has started this way. Outside of that, is I actually have hope. Whenever they make this trade, they get some shooters in. I like that Utah, that Utah conversation. Give me Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, Rudy Gay, and they keep playing defense like this, I think it'll turn around. AD still needs to stop shooting that many threes, too. Uh, AD's going under, under the radar. AD ain't looking too hot either. But this Jazz team, they win now. So I don't know if, if you want to win. I don't know if you bring in Russell Westbrook into this fold. Hey, hey, hold on, bro. Hold on. I, I don't want to gloss over this. Because I think before we end this show or wherever we're going to go with this, I just wanted to – you hear all the, this, the nonsense in the national media today about – this being on LeBron, it's namely from Stephen A. Smith. Like, hey, you know, you got weird. This is, you know, you they seeing LeBron body language in the court. He looks upset, and they're like, well, you know, it's your fault. So here we are. And I just gotta say, I just gotta say, look, I, I, I the piling on of on Russell Westbrook is only unfair in the sense that it's gotten incredibly personal, and it's become a personal attack on him as a person, which is ridiculous. That's that's it, it crosses a line. But as far as his critique as a basketball player. I don't think you can critique him enough. I'm just being, that's, that's where I stand on it. As a basketball player, as, as his performance on the court, he's making $47 million a year. I have never seen a player of his caliber fall off as quickly as it happened. There's, it's, never, it's never been like this before. It, like, it happened so fast. He, he, a year and a half ago, he was having a triple-double with the Wizards. And yeah, sure, it wasn't like he was phenomenal even while having the triple-double. It wasn't like he was a phenomenal player, but he was still a guy you could justify, right? Like, fine, I'll, I'll take this $47 million hit. Like, he, he still gives me energy. He still can rally guys around him, get guys involved, all that stuff. Where we are at, where we're at now, I know there's not shooting around him, and it's a problem. So it's not a team optimal for Russell Westbrook's skill set. I get that. But my problem is, hey, look, we've gotten to a point where, and it happened last year too, where centers are guarding you, or they're not even taking you seriously. They're letting you shoot. It's the game plan. You're not making mid-range jump shots, which, which, which used to be your shot. That was your shot. All those years in OKC, all the, even in Washington early on, you made that shot. That was where you made your, your money at. You made $40 million making mid-range jump shots. Yes, the, the athleticism, the, the, the heart, the, the, the energy you play with, the passion. Yeah, that's, that's big. But that shot made him a lot of money. He doesn't make it anymore, like at all, at all. He's historically bad. He's shooting the worst We've ever seen a guard shoot. It's it, the numbers say that. So I just want to make sure, like, while we blame Bron, while people want to blame Bron, just know this: no one could have seen this coming. No one could have seen this fall off coming. It's not fair to put that at Bron's feet. It's, it's just not. It's just not. You can't put that at Bron's feet. That this performance, we like. I know we like to blame Bron, and that's the thing. But it's ridiculous. Like we, and no one, and then one, not any one of us, or no one listening to this podcast could have told me he was going to just stop making any jump shots, period, like ever. He, he just doesn't make shots. He doesn't make shots. Teams, Nurkic, is, they have Nurkic guarding him in crunch time. And then, forget the shots make, making ability, which we is not there. It's the decision making. You got, you're up, 
you got maybe 40 plus seconds left in the game and you're rushing down the court and taking a pull-up jump shot with like it's a two for, like it's a two for one situation you're That's hustling backwards he, he exactly said he was going for two for one that makes no sense does that my head hurts does that make any sense i would lose my mind coaching him what do you 32 mean? seconds 32 seconds on the clock Going for a two for one, making that jump shot. No, it does not make an ounce of sense. That shot I really felt was literally just like a big F you to the team. Yes. <laughs> that yes. That's what it was, bro. He, he, yo, we're at a point now, Russell Westbrook, where he hates the Lakers. He hates them. He doesn't like Darvin Ham. He doesn't like LeBron. He doesn't like anybody on the team. He wants to make them pay. He feels like he's been embarrassed. He blames the Lakers for his embarrassment. Because like we've always said about Russell Westbrook on this podcast, I've said, I, I'm aware of this. I say it. He cannot take accountability for his actions. He does not take accountability for his own actions. He is put, he's putting it at everybody else's feet. He has yes men around him who tell him that, oh, no, 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 you're good. You're good. It's not, you know, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Just like, yo, if it was really about winning for him, why would he be so opposed to coming off the bench? To the point where Darvin Ham and him are having a media battle. Darvin Ham answers him uh, in the media this week saying, oh, well, you know, we, I don't have time for people being in their feelings. I'm going to do what's best for this team. And it's because Russ says, oh, well, you know, I didn't even know what to do when he brought me off the bench. I don't even know what to do. I had no idea. That's how I pulled my hamstring. What, like, what are you even saying, bro? Like, it, he makes himself look so much worse, and it's so easy to root against him when he does stuff like that. I think that's the thing that people have to add to this, right? Like, he doesn't deserve the vitriol, all like, the, the personal attacks, the death threat, all this No. No, no, no. He's a human being. Respect, respect people, period. But, yo, like, it makes you easy to root against. It makes these media members attack you. They're going to attack you, man. They're going to they're gonna bask in this moment where you're playing like garbage because you haven't always been the best in the media. You're not always very agreeable with, pe- with people around you. It's why KD left. It's why James wanted you gone. Like, this is a theme now. It's, it's, it's a Russell Westbrook problem. It is. And I'm not saying he's everything that's wrong with the Lakers. You have Lonnie Walker starting for you. So, no, you're not going to be good. You're not going to be good. I'm sorry. You can't start Lonnie Walker, and you can't take 20 shots in the game. He couldn't start for the Spurs when they were trying to tank last couple of years. Give me a break. He ain't starting. He ain't starting for no team trying to win a championship. You, you were never serious about a championship this year, Palenka. You got an extension because Jeannie Buss is an idiot. I'm sorry. She's an idiot. She doesn't know what she's doing. But the reality of it is, is like this Russell Westbrook kind of conversation, it does start with him. <laughs> we got to start there. He's emblematic of what's wrong with the Lakers in a lot of ways, but there are other problems. And yes, I'm not going to leave AD out of this. We've talked about AD. I'm going to say this about AD. He's not the same player. And if I were the Lakers, I'm trying to trade him. I want him gone. I want him gone. I want to get rid of Russ. Yes. But I need to trade AD. Who can I get to take AD from me? Because he is not the same player. He's never going to be the number one guy. LeBron has too much weight on his shoulders. He's in year 20. I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we can't be di- dissecting LeBron's di- defensive effort on games. I'm just going to be honest. What do you really expect? He's near 20. It's, it's not, it's, it's a valid reason. You know what I mean? He's still going to be he's still great. And let's hold him accountable. Yes, but he shouldn't be the main guy. He shouldn't be the focal point of your team anymore. He should be playing point guard. He should be setting dudes up and, and eating and, and closing games. That's LeBron. That's where he should be at right now. But he's not there because AD is not himself. He can't make a jump shot anymore. So yeah, trade him, get rid of him, get pieces. You don't have to be get a star back in return. Even get get good pieces though. You can do Are that. Blow this up? Is that what you're saying? We're blowing this up now because you got to get blow rid it up. Blow yes, it. blow it up. Blow it up, man. Give me. I would rather get a younger star, a younger piece that can carry the load, so LeBron could be healthy and fresh in the playoffs. 
give me a like a Jalen Brown. Send him back to New Orleans. Give me like a BI. I don't know if these teams are gonna give. Yeah, they're not. They're not gonna oh. give those players up for hypothetical. Exactly. But I'm saying look, look, I'm saying this. We got some draft picks 2028, 2029. Get rid of all these draft picks. Send AD with a couple draft picks. Send Russ with a couple draft picks. Blow this John up. Boom, do it over. Try to get the best roster for these next two to three years while Bron is still here. Y'all not, what y'all not about to do is waste another year of Bron. And y'all talking about the Lakers. All, all the Lakers have to look forward to this season is Bron breaking the record. That is what that is what we should not do. There's no, there's no way in the world that should be the, the highlight of the season. No. Honestly, their best trade chip is Bron. So, I mean, if we're really talking about it, yeah, but trading Bron, let's not let's not really going anywhere. But, but let's assume that trading Bron is not an option in that front office because when you trade I mean, LeBron, gave him you, an extension, so we clearly know that. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, because when you do that and you're a Lakers front office, the Lakers are all you know. The Lakers are fans are, are like Yankees fans. They're stuck up in the way where they expect to win every single year because that's the extent. That's I'm not trying to even take a shot. That's that's the expectation. That's what that's what they've set right. That's a standard. You trade LeBron James, you're telling them like, all right, well, this is this is dead, okay, and we're gonna be bad for a while. We're committing to being bad with no draft picks. It doesn't do you any good to trade LeBron James because you can't be bad anyways. You have no draft picks. You gave him away for AD. You won a championship out of it. You got a championship though, and so you can justify the decision, but you got to make it right now. Get ahead of this because Anthony Davis is not the same player. He lacks the competitive fire to be your number one guy. He is. He lacks the competitiveness. He does not compete. There, and and I, I, I'm look. Some people may think I'm wrong, but I'm. I just don't see it. I'm sorry. So if you're and you know the, the jump shooting, the jump shooting thing is a problem. He's declining before our very eyes. So I'm going to get rid of him. I'm going to get rid of Russ. I'm going to get everything I can back in return. And I'm going to play with Bron in this field to try to field a competitive team for the next few years and see what that takes you. Because Bron, you know, Bron's not going to stay anyways. At the short, there's a short extension. When Bron you get in the league, he's gone. He's gone. It's, meaning in 2024, he, he's out of there. So. Just bite, you know, bite the bullet. Bite the bullet. But Be competitive. I think, though, to Ma's point, and we'll close off. If you were to try to trade Ron, you would get a haul back. Yeah. You would, get, you would, get, you would get some draft picks now. Now, nah, but, but LeBron. It's not a loss if you but, trade Bron. But LeBron AD, controls where he's going, though. AD you know that. and Russ, you're, you're at a loss with those trades because you're not getting fair value back. Fair, and, but. You're, you're not you're not trading Brown wherever you want to trade him though. LeBron, even though even though he has no LeBron is so powerful that even though he hasn't he doesn't have a no trade clause, he has no trade clause. If LeBron says he's not yeah. playing for someone, he's not playing there. So you don't have as much control trading him as you think you do. He's gonna go where he wants to go. You know what I'm saying? He's gonna go to Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would backfire anyways for the Lakers if they traded him because then yeah. everybody is just alien alienated from the Lakers at that point. Like. I don't know if a superstar wants to sign there because then it's like, damn, if Bron can get traded, what does that say about me? It's a bad look. It's a bad look, man. It's bad for business. It's a tough situation. You gotta bring you gotta bring you gotta you gotta bring Dr. Bus back from the grave and fire all his kids, get a whole new management staff, because this this whole team is being ran like it's a bodega on 54th Street. This is absolutely terrible. It'll make no sense. They try to keep everything in-house. 
Rob Lincoln literally has a job just because he was Kobe's agent. And yeah. shame, on, shame on Kobe for co-signing that BS. Shame on you, Kobe and Vanessa Bryant and all. Shame on y'all. Y'all know that man was not meant to be no daggone GM. I get it. That's your guy. But you wasn't supposed to do that, Kobe. Uh, you, you was messed up for that. Never should have been no GM. I should have let Magic try to do it and see what happened with that. Magic is the reason why LeBron came, which, wow, whoop de doo we found out that was the reason why LeBron came. Obviously, it wasn't because of no daggone Rob Lincoln. Mm-hmm. So, Rob, Robbie, Robert, whatever you like to be called, needs to be gone. We're going to end off the show with this or that. 554 yards in a game is the NFL record. Joe Burrow and Josh Allen last couple of weeks have came somewhat close. They came, they had pretty big first halves, and then everything tailed off. Who breaks the record, Josh Allen or Joe Burrow? Probably Joe Burrow. I'd say Joe Burrow, just because that defense will keep him in it. Like they're not gonna, they're not really gonna stop anybody. Not, not the way the Bills defense can. So that was the thing. He put up all those numbers in the first half, but yet it was still close enough that. He still had to come out and try to light it up in the second half. Like if it's the Bills, they're chilling. Yeah, they're up by 30, up by 20 at, at halftime. I don't necessarily have to take all these big shots. And then it's like we're on cruise control. Bengals, they're another story. So I'd say Joey B. Yeah, I think, I think Burrow too. I agree. For all the reasons he stated, honestly, and he's he'll get that in passing yards. <laughs> Alone. This or that, Lamar is mid or the weapons are mid? Weapons. Weapons, yeah. It's not Lamar. It, oh, man, it's a bad time to have a contract signed, though. Bad time not to have a contract signed. I'd say that. They're going to totally use this against him. This is going to end up with him being somewhere else. I, that's just how I feel about it. Um, they, they're like, did they do this on purpose? Not getting weapons on purpose to make them look bad in the contract year or something? I don't get it. it, it it's, it's crazy. It's nuts. Benedict Matherin or Paolo Boncaro would lead rookies in scoring. Mind you, right now, Benedict is averaging 24 off the bench. Paolo is averaging 23 starting. Uh, I'm going to say Paolo. Yeah, I'll say Paolo too. Yeah, I agree. I think Paolo's going to be more consistent over, or just over a longer period of time. than, than And that's not a knock on Benedict. Benedict is phenomenal. But he even today, he struggled tonight. I think he only had like, I don't know, probably like 16 points. He struggled tonight. So, and but Paolo, it's every night. Paolo, he's never off. I think they played the Knicks tonight. I think he had, he had like 16, 18 at half. Um, it was calm. It was like easy. Real calm. Easy, man. You know, it's 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 crazy. He looked real good. So, um, by the way, damn, I hate to do this. What is wrong with RJ Barrett? I don't know. He's been off. I mean, he he, he was better in the second half. He was one for nine. In the first half, and then finished what six for ten in the second half. Okay, okay. Uh, he, finished go, he finished with twenty points. Um, uh, I don't know. He's he's been kind of off. I think it's the chemistry thing. Now it's you know preseason with preseason. You need that chemistry with this new point guard. I mean, Jalen's off and running. He's also Julius Randle's doing a lot more than he was in the preseason. So, I think. 
in a way, the roles have flip-flopped. I mean, I thought RJ would be like more the one-two in that combo, but it looks like Julius has come back to being that, you know, one, one A to Jalen's one B. Because I mean, these two of these first three games, Julius has been pretty good. I'll, I'll give it to him. Uh, he won't respond because I can't follow him, but he's <laughs> playing pretty good so far. Uh, I'll give him credit when where credit's due. Don't, don't want to trade anymore? I mean, <laughs> ah, it's another Man. one of those things where you're not going to get fair value back. You're just going to take a loss. So Sometimes taking a loss is the best thing for you. Uh, 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 shout out to the Lakers there. Sometimes you got to take that loss and move forward. And you're going to have to bite the bullet on both AD and Russ. And the AD competition is a longer one. But anyways, I'm sorry to take it back to that. I, I just I, – I don't know where we left off. I just I just was frustrated with RJ's performance. I bet I, – I thought he was going to have the, the, the breakout year. It's early. It's early. I'm just – I'm going to be fair. But that don't mean – he is available in our fantasy league. I'm just going to say that right now. Oh, now he is. All right. Please send – please send all fruits because I'm willing to listen. I'm going to give you Kyle Lowry for him and someone please? else. Yeah, whatever. You see, you see, this is why I will, I will not be doing business with Miles. He's not, he's a shady businessman. He's Trump. Last one. This or that. Jason Tatum or Damian Lillard will lead the league in scoring. Dame. Dame, probably. He's going to need to. <laughs> that team sucks. I mean, they're undefeated, the, the Blazers, I think. I don't trust Three. them. Three Simon hasn't played well yet. I know he hasn't played well at all yet, but it's gonna happen. Hopefully, having a fantasy. You had a couple of duds so far in fantasy. I'm getting my ass whooping fantasy left and right, man. Caught a couple bows last week. Bullshit. I, you see, I, it's, it's not fair because I was in New York and I wasn't focused on the draft, and I'm paying Uh for it now. uh I'm gonna win the football. I'm gonna win the football fantasy thing though. Probably gonna win that. (laughs) Hey, I'm five and two weeks. We got two more months left. I got I got a game on Antonio right now. I think he's on he's on my tail. Yeah, but that might change. Somebody tried to send me a Josh Allen tree, so that might. What? You want to get deal for Josh Allen? They just wanted Etn and Goddard for Josh Allen, and I think Ezekiel Elliott, something like that. Um, Josh Allen, the quarterback. Yeah. You better do that trade. I mean, I'm. Uh, hold on, hold on. Let me think about it. Say it again. It's. Etn. The ETN only thing I don't like about it is Etn and Goddard with Herbert for Josh Allen and I think it was Benjamin. He trying to give me like Benjamin and King and Drake. I was like, Nah, you're you're bugging. That's a bad trade. Benjamin from the Cardinals. Yeah, that's a bad trade. That's a bad trade. <laughs> He's trying to, try to screw you. Who is that? Is that Reeves? He tried to throw. <laughs> I know Reeves throwing these awful trades. And yo, y'all didn't even peep what he did last week. <laughs> what he do last week? Yo, it was so funny because, um, you know, I'll, I'll say it off the show. I don't want to put him on blast like that. All right, yo, you know the vibes. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Best mob, me and T, we out. Peace. Peace. <laughs>